0: Hey friends, welcome to the Mosaic Podcast. I'm Shannon Leibold and I'm here with my co-host Lynn Martin, and we're so glad you've joined us. This is a podcast for the women of Wallenstein Bible Chapel. It's a space where we celebrate how God is turning brokenness into beauty. Each week we chat with a guest and share stories from our own lives. As Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece, His work of art, and He's shaping us into something beautiful in Christ. Welcome to episode six of the Mosaic podcast. We're so glad that you're listening along and we're super excited because today we are starting a brand new theme that will go for the next four episodes of the podcast. And our theme is create or creativity. So Lynn, do you consider yourself a creative person? So
1: I am a creative person. I don't consider myself a creative person. I think think of myself as more of a copycat. Okay. Um, But I know that I am creative. It's just one of those things. I I, I see an idea and I'm sparked by that. Right? So if it's just nothing's there, that's harder for me. A blank slate is hard. So I think of myself as a copycat. But it's always... it, It brings something more. And yeah, basically, if I'm not being creative, something's wrong. Okay. And so what do you like to create? So I... I mean, I think you name it, I think I've probably dabbled with something or other. <laughs> I, I was the DIYer before DIY was a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember the first piece of furniture I painted was, I thought this was the most amazing thing ever because I could turn something ugly into something beautiful for not very expensive. But um, also I love to knit, crochet, scrapbook. Um, yeah, there's something about... Just create, making something new out of something that was not
0: there before. and nice. I just love. How about you? Well, again, yeah, the same. I probably wouldn't consider myself as a creative person, but I do like to write. Um, I think I'm more of a technical writer. I like to write Bible studies, so then I wouldn't say that that's creative, but it probably does have creative elements in it. Absolutely, I think it does. Yeah, I love photography. Oh, yes. Uh, so i'm not very good at it but that's just something i love but yeah i think i don't know i think we all have little bits of creativity in us that god has given us and that kind of manifests itself in in different ways
1: yep and we're going to talk about that more today when we talk with janet i think that's going to come out and we'll we'll see
0: that yeah for sure um so uh we're going to jump into our book discussion on the create theme we've chosen a book by andrew peterson called adorning the dark and this book is um part memoir and it's it's part kind of how to how to be creative and to be honest i hadn't heard of him or i thought i hadn't heard of him until i googled him Uh, but he's done a number of things he's a he's a singer-songwriter he wrote the song is he worthy Um, which i was familiar with and he he's done a lot of different things he writes books obviously Uh, he's a very very creative person so i'm excited to jump into this discussion about uh, creativity through adorning the dark so let's jump in we're going to discuss the first five chapters in today's episode so Lynn, was there anything that stood out to you uh, in the first part of this book so he, So it's interesting,
1: I have read this book before, earlier this year, and then we decided we were gonna do it, I thought, oh, I remember this book, this'll be, this'll be great, and then I started reading it and felt like, oh, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> so maybe that's a detriment when you read too many things, but actually, when, as I was reading it last week, I felt like it was speaking to me in my self-loathing, self-abasement, um, that I was feeling at the time. It's, it's interesting how it kind of all connects with the the podcast, even as we talk about, we are creating something in the podcast, right? There was nothing. And now we've created something and there's a lot of insecurity that comes with it. There's a lot of actual spiritual attack that has come with it. We've both experienced that. And, um, he he just touches on that and he talks about it and and it just was exactly what i needed to to read it was really lovely um so one of the things i'll share one of the quotes that really spoke to me he says the point is time is unfolding like a scroll and we're letters on the parchment helping to make up the words that tell the story each of us is a character in both senses of the word at times characters become aware that they're part of a story and that brings the realization that first there is an author and second that they are not him Hmm. i just love that so it's this that recognition that god's
0: in control he's writing the story but we have the privilege to be part of it that is amazing to think that he's he's writing his story through us
1: and in a a unique way yeah you know that is Shannon, you have a unique gifting that only you can can do and, and share. And I have a unique gifting. And so when we try to hide that and put it in a bushel, of, like hide it away, we we're missing part of God's goodness. That's true.
0: I love how, how Peterson also talks about the creative act. Whatever it is that you create is being a kind of worship. Hmm. And he says, since we are made to glorify God, worship happens, when someone is doing exactly what he or she was made to do. Hmm. And so when we express our creativity in the way that God made us, it's an act of worship. And I think that's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because Especially
1: because we chose this topic, creativity, on purpose, because I think there's a, a lot of potential guilt that is associated with it where we, we feel like maybe we're just being... Um, it's a personal joy, and it's not actually doing things for the kingdom. And he goes to great lengths to explain that that's exactly not the case. This, this is, it is a part of you, and it's unique to you that you can do for God. And he's created you with these abilities that, that you're meant to shine forth.
0: We often, I think, diminish it by calling it a hobby. And, yeah, yeah. And hobbies are are only done when the work is done first, right. right? We we can only you know engage in our hobby when everything else is done, and so then we feel guilty for doing that. But but God has created us to create.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you're right. And I worship. think our culture here, where we live, you know, there is that there is a stronger mindset maybe than in other places. I don't know if that's totally fair to say, but I certainly there is a, a very strong work ethic in where, where we, for sure. right. And yeah. so and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but it does, like you said, it diminishes that idea of hobby and creativity. Like that's what you do when you have nothing else to do. Right. Instead, that's where life is. That's, that's where life is for me, for sure. Yeah.
0: He talks too in the beginning of the book about, um, this desire to be, to be known uh, you know through the creative act and and how it can turn into a, a pride thing and this one quote really really struck me he says so boil it all down chop off the fat um rent, wrench your heart away from all the things you think you need for your supposed financial security your social status set fire to your expectations your rights and even your dreams when all that is gone, it will be clear that the only thing you ever really had was this wild and holy spirit that whirls about inside you, urging you to follow where his wind blows. If you can put aside your worry long enough to feel that wind and to walk with it at your back, it will lead you to a good land. Mm-hmm. And so this is a just his way of saying that it's the spirit that directs us to create what he what he's gifted us to create and I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. That quote to me is worth the price of the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because because there's a there's a vulnerability in creativity. Even if it's as simple as making supper for your family. It doesn't have to be something amazing and, and whatever but there's a vulnerability because you've created something that wasn't there before Mm -hmm. you know you bring the ingredients together and you you make this meal and if your family doesn't like it that affects you personally so there's this vulnerability you're putting yourself out there and and he talks about that in a way that just affirms that you're actually on the right track when you're feeling that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and keep going and and don't give up so uh, so encouraging
0: it is um, he also addresses the um, the creative's hesitancy to get all the conditions just perfect oh, before yes. they start to create, yes. and so he says, if you wait until the conditions are perfect, you will never write a thing, or paint a thing, or you know, create a thing, whatever that is, um, because there's this there's this force that that works against creativity to try to hinder what we're doing and if if we're called to speak light into the darkness as we are as christians then we better believe that the darkness wants to, to shut us up to, to stop. stop us yeah he, he
1: calls it the resistance yes exactly <laughs> and so
0: we can't wait until the conditions are perfect No, in order to create we just need to step forward in faith
1: it's just like moses at the red sea again right not until he stepped into the water did the waves the, the waters recede it's that act of faith and again to me this is such an example of this, this podcast because we just took one step and then we thought well let's see what's next and, and all of a sudden now we're on episode 6 yeah. <laughs> and, and how did that happen and it's not, not for our own touting of our own horns because I think the more we do this the more we I at least recognize that I I don't know why I'm doing this at all <laughs> But, but I think that that's the place of vulnerability where god takes takes it and makes it into something so much more. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Is there anything else, Lynn, that stood out in this first section of the book for you?
1: He's a very uh, I love his style of writing. It, it, it this one might be a little trickier if for for those who are deciding to read it. he's He's much more poetic I guess in his writing would you say yeah so that might be a hindrance to some people so just kind of be aware of that if you decide to read the book but he's got really neat nuggets and then at the same time he's sharing his story and and that's what we're trying to do with the podcast as well so um yeah I guess the only thing I would add is the he talks about Bach in in chapter one and I didn't know this before, but he says that at the bottom of his manuscripts, he always wrote the initials SDG, which means in Latin, Soli Deo Gloria, which is glory to God alone. But he also, at the beginning of each manuscript, he wrote Jesu Juva, which is Latin for Jesus' help. Mm. <laughs> so if Bach could be vulnerable, and it's hard to imagine that he could have been vulnerable, and yet look at what a legacy of music we have through him yeah um that's, that's what god true does.
0: and he says there's no better prayer you know at the beginning of of creating something to ask god to help you make something beautiful because he is the source of beauty and you know ask him to help you create something because he is the one who created it all and so yeah jesus help that's a good prayer <laughs> that's a good prayer yep and yeah 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 so for those of you who want to follow along I just uh, you're welcome to grab the book adorning the dark and we'll be discussing the next sections of the book over the next three podcasts so we'd love to have you join us
1: So today, as we continue the story and talking about create and creativity, we're so excited to have Janet join us. Janet Martin, you have been, I, I don't know, I think I know of you as always been at Wallenstein, but maybe
2: that's not true. I've been at Wallenstein for 27 years. So that's... So not always, but for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. Yes. Uh, you've raised your kids there. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Emily passport. was two when we started coming okay. to Wallenstein. Okay. And- so most mostly lovely. We have,
1: yeah So I don't know you really well but you're one of those people I have always wanted to know better and've yeah, <laughs> had
2: for both of you this is this is great.
1: So it's lovely to have this chance just to sit and visit and chat so so we just want to ask you a few
2: questions um, sure. and really just tell us about yourself your family and okay. you know, who you are. Well I am Janet and then my husband's name is James We've just celebrated our 33rd anniversary by the grace of god alone (laughs) congratulations (laughs) thank you and we have four children emily is 29 she's married to robin curry and they live in drayton and have two beautiful children our grandchildren um and then melissa is 27 she lives in toronto right now and she does work on the computer i'm not exactly sure to go into detail of what it is but it's designing it's an app designs web designs and things like that and then matt is 23 and he works for fks electric oh. and victoria is 20 she works at home hardware and is hoping to go back to school again in the fall nice and hopefully
0: actually attend
2: yes hoping to attend but nice. getting ready to do it online right
0: so. yeah yeah very good so what does a typical day look like for you oh I have, a puddle, I have a poem for that, actually.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes, in case we I'll be wait. a little more serious afterward. But a typical day for me starts with coffee. I get up, I pour a cup of coffee. I set the coffee maker the night before so I don't have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sit down, I turn on the computer, I have my prayer and my devotion time. I really like the song um, we sang yesterday in the church service, Hosanna, Hosanna, and that line about... Um, when I see you, I can face the day, or you're the strength to face the day. And I just thought, yeah. That's why sitting down every morning, praying, reading his word, is how I need to start the day. When I don't, I can really feel it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, if you sleep in, and I have kids coming early, I do child care, then all of a sudden Charges the day starts, and you miss it, and you feel it. Mm-hmm. But a day um there's some mornings the kids come at 6 15 so here's a glimpse into my day wow of, early. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pea puddles sweet cuddles study of a bug tuck in for a nap then called back for a kiss hug rain laughter and after it slows barefoot splash a picnic of popcorn popsicle mishmash a dash after mister who shed all his clothes. <laughs> A leap to snare Missy and white runny nose. One rag for all spills. A face cloth for each kid. Crunch, says the toast crumbs. Spaghetti cries, skid. Boogers and snooger bunnies, me oh my. Swing till the tippy toes tickle the sky. Hair tangles, bare angles. Spoon on plate drum. Wondering what, soon grown up, they will become. Cup refill, cup respill, patience gets riled. Some things never change when it comes to a child, where teacher and learner are both young and old, but one is the poorer and one is the mold, where messes and happiness mingle unplanned, innocence and experience hand in hand, toy trucks and planters and blooms strewn awry oft-repeated answers for oft-repeated why <laughs> toys noise and simple joys gone in a blink girls and boys poised on an echo world's brink unicorns teddy bears picture books dolls gossamer glimmers on yesterday's walls and that is in a nutshell with almost <laughs> everything like ever for me i love that <laughs>
0: that's so fun So in case we didn't know
1: yet, you express yourself, your creativity through poetry.
2: Yes, I do. (laughs) Which is lovely. I love poetry. I love expressing myself in poetry. And so if out of life, that is where all the poetry is born. The name of my blog, I have a blog that I've been doing for uh, 11 years maybe wow. and post almost every day sometimes there's a couple a day when the well is too cold to stop wow. and uh, it's called Life is Poetry Waiting to be Written nice. and that's just how I feel Like it's just not done yet I keep saying someday I'll be done but it's not done yet so
1: okay how long have you been writing poetry this is not even scripted question here um,
2: <laughs> since I'm 8 years old is when I felt I called it ordained <laughs> I was in the barn and I was, had some lines going through my head and I can still remember them. The great door of my heart is wide open each day to let in the Savior if he passes that way. Um, at eight years old. At eight years old. And it went on to be a testimony of my faith. Right. So I ran in from the barn as fast as I could and I printed it in this little book that I still have.
0: Oh. And that's sort
2: of where writing them down began for me. That's so
1: amazing. Do you have them in a book? Like have have you ever compiled them and put them in I have
2: a ton of books before I had a computer and then a blog. I just wrote in books. Okay. okay. So I have a stack of books that I used there must up be so until many. Emily, our oldest daughter, was in high school, we didn't have a computer. And I didn't know how to type, so I just sort of self taught myself how to type and started typing them in files. And then someone suggested, Oh, you should have a blog. And I yeah. didn't even know what a <laughs> blog was. i never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of
1: Oh, it's just wow. really inspiring. So there's this question, what areas of your life do you most like to be creative? Obviously poetry is I love being creative one. in
2: poetry, but I have to be creative every day so when the kids are at my house. We're creative outside. I love to garden. I love to make creative little nooks in flower gardens and things like that. I love to be creative in the house decor. I love to be creative in the kitchen. It kind of just comes out (laughs) (laughs) of you everywhere. And I like to bake. So it's...
0: It spills out in every aspect of your life. Wow. Um, So we're talking about creativity and do you think creativity comes from God, or where does, that, where does that creative part of you come from?
2: Yes, I definitely think it comes from God. Mm-hmm. And I guess because I'm a creative person, I kind of feel like everybody's creative in their own way. I think you right, have I some agree. kids that are very creative with excuses.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are, with, the, with Adam's nature, creative. For better or worse. Right. That's right? True. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, um, no, I do believe everything began with creation, and creation is from God. Yeah. So if we're human,
1: we have a creative side to us. I think so. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think there's a lot of people that don't realize that or recognize it in themselves. Or
2: think they're not creative, but they are. Yeah. Like, Even if it's making dinner. Right? You, totally. You, or in the way... Some have the gift of gab, and are, can be creative in conversation, yes, whereas yes. others are a little more tongue-tied. If <laughs> I just come walk up to somebody, I can't think of anything to say except the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful day. It's a things, it's weather. weather. It's a lot of conversation in Canada, right?
1: There's always <laughs> yeah. something to talk about the weather. But that's right. Yeah. So, okay, so what, would it, what inspires your creativity specifically, do you think? Hmm... Maybe it's different. Life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No,
2: experience. Sitting and listening to a message. It's, oh, I love music. That's the other part of me that I wish I could be creative in, but I'm not. I'm not a music um, scholar or anything. Like, I never learned a lot about music, but I love to sing. I love to listen to music and... And poetry and song would go very much mm -hmm. hand in hand, I would think. The dream to be a songwriter, if I knew anything about music, would be a dream I would pursue. Oh, okay. Anyway.
0: Interesting. um, Um, So what happens in your life when you don't have an outlet for creativity? Mm -hmm. Are there times where you feel like it's kind of just all bottling up? Oh, yeah. It feels like a dam that needs to break. (laughs) And
2: there are times in life where you want to control or rule your creativity right you don't want it to control you yes because we're called to be productive in other areas of life and we have people who you know exactly. (laughs) and a lot of things my family doesn't care that much about poetry Victoria does she loves poetry she loves to read she loves to write and, um, oh, she's inspired me already to kind of inspire each other and encourage each other and critique each other sometimes. <laughs> oh, nice. But, um, yeah, I think a creative person does need to create, um, but... Again, sometimes it's not on our timing, right? Yeah. But definitely at one point it needs to get out.
0: And has there been different seasons of your life? Like For when sure. your kids were young, maybe it wasn't as easy? Or exactly. Okay.
2: I didn't write nearly as much when they were young. Sometimes there was something that just moved me and you scribbled it down. Now I try to take time every morning to get a little bit of writing in, and I certainly didn't do that then. That's just in the last 12 years maybe
1: like it sounds to me that the poetry is actually how in part at least you you commune with God
2: oh yes it's all if it's a day when the kids aren't coming it's part of my devotion and it might be a couple hours if there's nothing pressing and it's it's I sometimes feel like people maybe look at poets as being a little self-centered or narcissistic because poetry can come across that way but something that really encouraged me was something that Charles Stanley said on a sermon I listened to one time, and someone had asked him if he ever gets discouraged thinking about how many sermons he preaches and how much people forget, how very little they actually retain and remember his teaching. <laughs> And, he said, that the truth? Oh, and oh. he said it could be that that could happen, except he has to remember if it didn't help anyone else, it helped him. Right. And it was for his own personal growth that maybe it was needed as much as anywhere. And sometimes that's the way I look at it, too. If lots of people don't really care that much about poetry. They are very bestseller books, though. No? The best books to put in the cellar when you need room on your bookshelf. (laughs) That's good. Well, it's
1: a unique style of communicating, right? And I think it's it's just an added art side to things and we're in a culture that's much more is pragmatic the right word? Where we're just more, you know, we're about getting things done, we're about accomplishing and Mm. poetry isn't that. You have to you have to be
2: Still, you have to pause. Some of the more modern poetry, maybe, but I'm a traditionalist for the most part. Like, I I have tried to write other styles, but naturally to me comes the meter and rhyme. It's what I drank and fed and ate as a girl, as a student. I would pull all the books off of Mom's bookcase and search for those old poets, like Wreck of the Hesperus by Longfellow, and memorize those ballads and things like that. And that's the... Thing that instilled itself in my head and that's that's what, what you comes love. out then yeah
0: now you mentioned writing poetry kind of in your quiet time or your time with mm-hmm. the lord is there a time of day that you feel most creative like would you say it's the morning in or- the morning okay
2: especially since i'm older like years ago i could write at night after everybody was in bed and sometimes i could write half the night and it flowed not anymore i need my sleep mm-hmm. like eight hours a night <laughs> yeah yeah. So definitely the morning. I, yeah. I identify
0: with that, too, because I yeah. do a bit of writing, and I think the morning is the best for me. That's when the creative juices seem to be flowing. And
2: and everything's fresh again, right? Yes. Because couples yeah. always feel a little bigger at the end of the day. Things yes. weigh down just a little harder. Yeah.
1: I feel like that I've been learning that increasingly, that... If it feels really bad at night just go to sleep and, and see how it is in the
2: morning and pray first you know, yeah <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah and partly I started doing that I wanted a little bit of scripture reading and prayer at night so I made a choice to do that rather than write. okay because it's just a way to close the day off not focused on your own thoughts but focus on God's thoughts and
1: yeah. because anything that is even a gift from God can be turned into yes. something not healthy. So yeah. it sounds like you're making
2: wise it's, it's choices. It's always a journey, right? Yeah. You learn by doing and making mistakes. Um, and he really hit it on... Our uh, Andrew Peterson, the book that is inspiring this yeah. segment, really hit it on the head when he said, self-expression as an end is a hellish game. No, I want you to feel something, to learn something to know something in a way like you never knew before. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of when you write, you want to awaken something in the reader that becomes their own personal experience then, right? Mm -hmm. Right. right. And never just want to write for the... For your own self-aggrandizement. Exactly. I don't know if that's how you say that word. (laughs) And again, that's all a journey when you're young. You have... Well, you just learn, right, through... Through mistakes and through yep. disappointments and letdowns and that whole battle of, well, like he says here, who do I think I am anyway? And then you stop think I'm never going to write again. You read something really, really good, right? <laughs> yes. And you yes. let that old oh, who do you think you are? Voice get in your head. Yes. And yeah, that's good. So okay, so uh, this is sort
1: of a fun question that goes with that. If you could do anything you wanted for a day, what what would you do? Would it? I'm guessing it would involve a pen and some paper. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is a side question that you can think about. That okay. question. Okay. Um, th- do you find it more creative for you to use pen and paper versus typing on the computer? Is there a difference? There is a difference. This is just
0: a. Personal. Yeah,
2: there is a <laughs> yeah, difference like, for sure. I write different with pen and paper, and if I write outside, I use pen and paper. Most of the time, it's on a keypad now. It's okay. just so much faster. You have your thesaurus and your dictionary and all your right. other, other resources at your fingertips. Right. If I go outside, I need all my books. It takes takes a lot longer, but something a little different always comes out of that, so I like to do both. Yeah, that's,
1: that's interesting. I, I find that really, really interesting.
2: Some people say write with your... I'm left handed, so write with your right hand and see, and something different will come out from that. I, oh, really? I haven't had great success. I'm left handed too. I think it would just be really
1: messy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, do you know, like, would it, obviously, would, would a day, if you could do anything you wanted, would it involve poetry? Like, do you think.
2: Yeah, it would definitely involve nature. Yeah a long walk, a hike up a hill where the view when you get to the top is amazing, mm-hmm. then I would have a backpack and in it I would have strong black coffee, <laughs> <laughs> but I might read all day instead of write, because I uh-huh. love to read too, and that is just the downside of loving to do both, you have to... They both involve sitting and, and, and time. And time, yes. Yeah. And time. But so, one
0: kind of probably inspires the other, right? As really you does. read, it would inspire your writing, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah,
2: it really does. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right. If you could change one thing in your life right now, what would it be? Hmm.
2: Do men listen to this show? (laughs) Uh, You could answer as a woman. (laughs) I I would get a new bladder. question that was the first
1: thing that came
2: to mind and then I thought, well we're, <laughs> we're being that. real here if we're not being real then yeah. what's the point <laughs> but no on the more serious side if I could change something was that the question yes yeah. I would change hmm I I, I kept thought, kept going back more to what I wish I could change maybe from the what past I change. okay I'm kind of content in the stage I'm at, I really realized. I don't ever think about what I would change right now if I could. Other than that, I would be tidier. Like, things like that. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> big. That. Not like nothing big. I'm content, yeah. You've worked through I mean, things. In a perfect world, Jim could be home every night, and he's, he drives truck and he's gone. Most okay. of the time, that's another reason I can write more. he is gone all week most of the time. Right. But he loves what he does, so and he leaves, leaves on adaptive. Sunday
1: and he comes back
2: or Monday or, or morning, or Monday morning and, and comes back Saturday. Wow! Now the summer has a bit always of a done about, Yeah, for for most of her married life, actually, wow. it didn't start off that way, but the work just changed. Okay, and that's what it turned into. So I always say, well, maybe God knew what this poetry journey had in store, so. That's the way he worked things out. Yeah. <laughs> really I, can, I, can, I can
0: identify with that because my dad was a long-distance truck driver, too, oh, when I was, was growing up. So, yeah, he would leave Sunday nights yeah. and come home, you know, late Friday night or Saturday morning. Oh, you could morning. totally
2: feel for Emily yeah. and the kids then, like Yeah, I'm missing your dad and all that, right? And
0: still to this day, I have that familiar... Um, It's like a lonely ache on Sunday nights where I just feel lonely because I just had that growing up where Dad would leave every Sunday night. It's kind of strange. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and for him looking back, he sometimes thinks, wow, where did the years go? And all of a sudden he missed their childhoods in a way, right? But Mm. um, it paid the bills. It's what he did. And I guess... I knew he to. he enjoyed doing it, and I didn't ever ask him to change what he's doing because I don't really know what else that would have been anyway. Yeah. So. But it makes your story very unique,
1: really. You know, because you've had to, you could relate to what it is to parent on your own for yeah, certain, for sure. certain things. Was, yeah. If a crisis happens in the middle of the week. Not that you He was either. always a phone call away, and yeah. my
2: husband is a chatter, so let me see. How often did we talk on the phone already today? And I call him every night, and we talk for a half an hour to an hour. So wow. that's the evening. Wow. But he's called, if he thinks of something, he calls. I think he's called three or four times today, I forget. <laughs> when his <laughs> his number again, I was vacuuming before supper, and it's like,
0: again? What could possibly be again? <laughs> that's great. That's really good. That is
1: really neat. I feel like that's going to speak to somebody cuz it's just such a it really is a unique part of his story
0: yeah
2: that he's not there all the time yeah but no um on the whole what i would change looking back i would read more scripture with my kids it breaks mm. my heart that i didn't we read stuff and we read stories and bedtime stories but actually opening the bible and reading scripture yes is something i wish i would have done more of yeah I I agree with that I feel that way too but it's never too late to do it now or well they're growing up but thankfully for the most part they have implemented that into their lives Mm -hmm. but I think about what I missed by not doing it when When you're in the
1: midst of young kids it feels like one more thing but but now
2: you look back your intentions were good and you would get started on something and then you know you know chaos yeah yeah All right. Well, so we um, are at the big
1: question. I mean, these have all been really interesting questions to to discuss. But um, we want to ask everyone that we have on the show just to share a story about a time or a something, an area in your life where you have felt broken,
2: but God has turned it into something beautiful. This is the question that I read, and I told my daughter who was home at the time, um, "Okay." This is my answer. I can't do this podcast because all my broken still broken. I'm <laughs> waiting for the clarity. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's true. Um, I don't really have a story to tell. I could tell you lots of things that are broken, but maybe it's not my story to tell yet, right? Okay. Because the broken things in my life involve not only me. Right. And it's relational. Right. And there's things you pray for for years that just, you're still praying for that yes yeah. I'm still praying for, but then I thought a little harder about the broken, maybe the beauty doesn't look the way I think the beauty mm. should look right, and I'm looking for something that maybe isn't perfect doesn't necessarily isn't what beautiful mean. at first glance yes, yep yeah. it's somewhere in the broken that God kind of draws out the beauty, and that's when I was pondering that then I started writing my thoughts kind of into a poem. Can I share it here? Yes, please, please, please. And inspired by the title of your podcast as well, Mosaic. So I just called it Mysterious Mosaic. True beauty is not always how we picture it should be, where brokenness can blind us to beauty's reality. For what is pleasing to the eye can trick the mind and heart into thinking that beauty is a perfect work of art. But beauty is a radiant reflection of release, when with our broken pieces, God begins his masterpiece. Sorry, I've never read this out loud. It's going to make me cry too. Um, Beauty starts with the holy heartwork of humility. When at last yielded yes replies, not I, but Christ in me. Then often tis brokenness, while shards still pierce and sting that God can work his best for our good in everything. For the capstone of beauty is begotten with great price, not on a bed of roses, but a cross of sacrifice. While disappointment crushes and good intention seems cursed, we learn true beauty's breaststrokes are not beautiful at first. But Just as God the Father saw beyond the crucified, beyond the painful hour, to many souls justified, we learn to look beyond the broken to the hand that heals. We learn that beauty is far more than how one looks or feels. True beauty is in what we know in spite of what we see. The grace whereby our weakness cries, not I, but Christ in me. As we admit our need, submit, commit our way to his, and undergo a slow and sacred metamorphosis. As glory of the artist starts to shine through crack and crease, we begin to glimpse designs of love's divine masterpiece. Mysterious Mosaic. As God gathers doubts and fears, he melds, mends the broken spirit with confession's tender tears. And fashions from the fragments of our utter selves denied, a beauty we were blind to while we wallowed in our pride. Mysterious mosaic, as our brokenness is healed, in the light of God's mercy there, true beauty is revealed. And that's sort of the thoughts I gather from the broken that's still broken in my life. It's a work in progress, and hopefully through the broken parts, God's light shines whether it's to my family or even just into my own life It's beautiful that's just is really
0: beautiful that part about at the beginning about it starts with release that really hit me because that's true isn't we it we
2: really have to let go of something and let God yeah 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 i uh, that that's
1: the difference again between poetry and prose cuz i could sit in that and just I would like to hear it again, and I want to look at it and study it, because that's and lovely. Thank that's you. really it, lovely.
2: I, it was a cry to God, and all of a sudden, I hadn't really planned on writing a poem, and he started to pour that through me, like, listen, um, maybe it's not all broken mm-hmm. anymore, or the beauty that you're looking for is in the works.
1: Mm-hmm. Or it's beautiful, but you just don't see it quite. It doesn't it's, always see how you be. Yes, yes. Oh. oh, that's good. That's
0: really good. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we end every conversation with our, with our guests with um, some rapid fire questions. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <very, laughs> no, <that's> I'm <laughs> not good at <the> rapid fire. <laughs> it's okay. We fall off the rails sometimes with that, too. <laughs> so it's so all right. All right. So, what is your favorite food? Cheese. Oh. Anything with cheese. <laughs> Yummy. Great <laughs> <With> cheese. Pizza. <laughs> Your favorite drink? Coffee. Coffee. Your favorite hobby? Besides poetry, reading. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Your favorite book? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> a favorite book is like picking a favorite child <laughs> um, favorite book right now favorite
2: book that i often refer to and jim would testify to this he goes here we go with that peter guy again but a man called peter the story of oh, peter Marshall's. Catherine marshall yes,
0: yes. Oh. one of my
2: all-time favorites okay
0: favorite family activity
2: hmm do we do something together as a family? <laughs> <laughs> go cottage, cottage right every summer for a week. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> nice. And when they were younger, oh, go to my brother's pool. Um, family activity all together is one of the things you sacrifice when yes. one is not home much. Yes. He came home and he was tired and we sort of stayed home. Oh, putting a bowl of popcorn in the middle of the table. Eating popcorn and talking. We're a great chatty family. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) We're not really gamers. I wish I could say it was games, but it's not. Oh, that sounds good to me.
0: All right, last rapid-fire question. What are you loving these days? One thing you're loving that you haven't mentioned already.
2: June. (laughs) One of my favorite months. I love June. I love the perennials that are coming out. I emailed with a friend yesterday, and she said, oh, the older she gets the more she loves perennials she said those are the flowers that come up year after yeah, year you never yeah. have to really plant them she just marvels at god's creation in that mm-hmm. the flowers are gorgeous and she thought maybe as she gets older some of that wonder would wear off and it's working the other way and i agree that's one of the surprises of getting older the wonder strikes us even more in creation and i said i feel the same way about the perennials you look at them and you study their intricate details. And it just blows you away. I
1: walk outside every day to see if anything's grown a little bit. And yeah. I walk the entire yard just to check. And I feel like I must have turned into a grandma somewhere. But it's like, <laughs> isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> I have, I'm not a grandma yet. But, um, yeah, it is. There's something just yeah. really lovely about it. Yeah. That's good. good.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. Oh, it's this been was, lovely. This was
2: great. When I got the email, the very first thing I said after I opened it and read it was, no absolutely <laughs> not. not and then i knew i was gonna do it because the still small voice said you didn't even pray now you know you're gonna pray and watch me well, and I mean. it wasn't bad or i agree okay, you, know, you guys made it very okay. very enjoyable thank yeah, yeah. you i don't want people was to be great. afraid that not at all and i myself. mean it it's, i can do it seriously anyone can if you hear like this constant thump 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 there in the mic it's just my heart (laughs) (laughs) you did
0: great well thank you so much this has been absolutely lovely
2: well thank you for having me and wish all the best to what you're doing here it's a blessing to all of us thank you
1: So today for our art section, what better thing to do than to have Janet share one of her poems with us. And before we do that, um, I want to share a quote that's from the Adorning the Dark book that we haven't covered yet um, in our reading, but it just speaks about poetry. And I'd love to know Janet from you if this resonates with you. So this is the quote, I am convinced that poets are toddlers in a cathedral slobbering on wooden blocks and piling them up in the light of the stained glass we can hardly make anything beautiful that wasn't beautiful in the first place we aren't writers so much as gleeful rearrangers of words whose meanings we can't begin to know when we manage to make something pretty it's only so because we are ourselves a flourish on a greater canvas
2: oh wow amen (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) Now I really don't want to read this <laughs> No! No! Uh, so, you have a poem for us, so if you would read yeah, it. It's called be- Twilight with Tea. The way trees lie against the sky and tell the season by their sigh. The way the sky fills dark with day and seals the breadth of years away. The way a year does not explain the reason for its joy or pain. The way life's sun, and rain must be compels me to write poetry. The way a thought of you can rush like torrents through the heart, my love. The way the heart holds, yet relents, while life extols its recompense. Where consequence will ever be the cap sheaf of mortality. While mercy spills from God's will, free, compels me to write poetry. The way the wind moans, blue and wild. The laughter of a happy child The wonder of amazing grace The way a smile lights up your face The song of tea kettle, or dusk Where shadows lie like steeple husks Before the night inhales earth's lee Compels me to write poetry The moon that breaks apart in trees The holes in midnight's pinioned seas The bric-a-brac of shrivelled bloom The click-a-clack of nature's loom where season's red weaves gold and red And lays its flowers on the dead While newborn wails and life must be Compels me to write poetry. The melting pot on west frontiers Where every day soon disappears Like little dots on time's vast chart Each tittle, jot, and thought The art that fills a phantom gallery With pictures only we can see Where off we roam in reverie compels me to write poetry. The holding, folding exercise of moments hold, molding mute goodbyes. The drone of duty's dull disguise. The stone reflecting heaven's eyes. The clock that never stops until the pulse of flesh and blood is stilled. This threshold to eternity compels me to write poetry. The noise of boys, the girly curls, the way a snowflake lilts and swirls. The way summer is poured from jars while winter spills in frozen stars. The way a photograph can stir a memory of him or her that without it would never be, compels me to write poetry. The warmth of your eyes touching mine. The sob of November's culled vine. The coffee-flavored afternoon where time, like honey from a spoon, drizzles sweet gold into a cup we hold but never can fill up. Before night's rushing, hushing sea compels me to write poetry. The pen that reels, ah, who can tell what testaments its ink will spell? The page that winks without a word before the heart to hand is stirred. The fellowship of gardens, stripped or fallow, hollow and tight-lipped. The way Blue Jay scolds airily compels me to write poetry. The way God's grace will be enough the hope of heaven after earth, the peace that pacifies our fear, the ache that spawns the tender tear, the foothold where faith finds its wings, a book, a nook, a world of things singing in off-key harmony compels me to write poetry, the bark that crumbles from the tree that held the swing that once held me before the toll of tick-tock stole the swing, the tree, the little girl, the tiptoe, the tip tip toe of tiny feet, life's yes and no, both bittersweet. The way a day ebbs easily compels me to write poetry. The hug and hearty bowls of soup, the tug of war where eklas troop like infantry in a parade through thought's half shuttered barricade. The flit of a butterfly etch, etched for a tidbit on July before it melds to history compels me to write poetry. A child's keen curiosity bent on moment discovery and then that pure, perfect delight when at last they get it right after trying and failing some. The paradise of home, dear home, igniting gratitude full free compels me to write poetry. I'm almost done. Apple crunch, three o'clock lunch, love's lure before her supper punch, where letting go is the flip side of all we hold for passion's pride is but the mould of seasons spent. Life's stunning fourfold sacrament of leaf that falls lamenting plea compels me to write poetry. Fresh pumpkin pie with cinnamon, the puddles that reflect the sun or messes that test us before we dance across its fresh washed floor. Milky mustaches, laughing lips, Mozart, neath fumbling fingertips, fireside eve, twilight with tea compels me to write poetry.
0: Let's see what scripture has to say about creativity. We have to go no further than the first verse of the Bible to see the first mention of creativity. Genesis 1:1 says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." It's one simple sentence, but it tells us so much about God, about our origins, about creation, but we're going to focus on one word, the word created. The ancient Hebrew word for created is bara, and it's specific. It means to create out of nothing. So all that we see in the natural world around us was created by God out of nothing. He simply spoke, and it came into being. And we who are created in the image of God, we also have the ability to create, but not in the same way. We need pre-existing materials to create something. We need paint to create a painting. We need words to write a poem. We need wood and metal and clay to create a sculpture. But isn't it amazing to stop and think that God created all that we see around us out of nothing. He simply spoke and it came into being. The creative power of God is unlike anything else in the universe. Psalm 33, verse six says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Isn't it amazing that God actually breathed out stars by the breath of his mouth, the entire um, universe of, of stars and planets were created. And if we were to take the time to read on through the rest of Genesis 1, we would see all that God created. God created light and darkness, and he created an expanse called heaven, and the waters under the heaven, and the land, and the animals, and the plants, and and everything we see in creation. Genesis 1 um, goes through that God created. But I just want to take a moment to talk about creation and just the immense, immeasurable creativity of our Creator. Here are a few examples of creativity and creation. A typical galaxy contains billions of individual stars. Our galaxy alone, the Milky Way, contains 200 billion stars. Our galaxy is shaped like a giant spiral rotating in space with arms reaching out like a pinwheel and our sun is one star on the arm of the pinwheel. It would take 250 million years for the pinwheel to make one full rotation. But this is only our galaxy. There are many, many other galaxies with many other shapes, including spirals, spherical clusters, and flat pancakes. The average distance between one galaxy and another is about 20 million trillion miles. For every patch of sky the size of the moon, you could look very deep and you would see about a million galaxies. Did you know the sun is over a hundred times the diameter of the earth? If it were hollow, it could hold over 1 million Earths. Hmm. Now let's go small, really, really small. The number of water molecules in just 10 regular size drops of water is equal to all the stars in the known universe. Incredible. Scientists estimate that there are 30 trillion cells in the human body, and if you stretch the DNA in one cell all the way out, it would be about two meters long. And if you stretched all the DNA in all your cells put together, that would be about twice the diameter of the solar system. Now let's talk about animals. Some shrimp have 16 types of color receptive cones in their eyes, allowing them to see ultraviolet wavelengths invisible to us. Shrimp can do that. There are over 300 species of hummingbirds and they fly at about 97 kilometers an hour and they can rotate their wings in a figure eight pattern up to 80 times per second. And then did you know the wood frog survives the winters in Alaska by burying itself in the ground and it freezes solid Hmm. it stops breathing and its heart stops pumping blood and then in the spring it thaws out and hops around we can declare with the psalmist in psalm 104 verse 24 how met how many are your works lord in wisdom you have made them all the earth is full of your creatures I just I just am amazed at the creativity of our God. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So we learn here just in the very first verse of the Bible that creativity, all creativity, originates with God. Thank you, Shannon.
1: It's so interesting. Some of those things I wanted to just button and say what what was that (laughs) so i'm going to be listening back to hear some of those interesting just we really are fearfully and wonderfully made and it is just evident around us and this time of year especially um especially for those of us who like summer more than winter we can see it everywhere outside so we just want to encourage you all to get outside and enjoy this beautiful weather that God has given us. Enjoy his creation that he has gifted us with and and know that we also have the privilege of, of being creative and it's part of his His gift to us. So I'm going to close today just by uh, reading a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. We um, We just like to Illustrate different types of prayers that that have been written down in the past and, and how they can sometimes just capture thoughts that I know, at least in my own self, it's hard to express. And I love hearing them and knowing that hundreds of years ago someone else thought the thought that I needed to pray today. So we'll just close with this prayer Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray, as you will, and always to the glory and welfare of your people, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mosaic Podcast, a podcast for the women of Wallenstein Bible Chapel, where we meet one another in story, in art, and in Christ. You can subscribe by going on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcast, so that you will be notified when the next show drops. Also, please be sure to check out our show notes for more details and join in the conversation on either Facebook at mosaic.podcast.wbc or on Instagram at mosaic.podcast. We pray that you will be inspired and encouraged as you travel your own personal journey from brokenness to beauty.